My Seven Chakras, Episode 234. It always seems impossible until it's done. The Seven Chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras. And now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, founder and host of My Seven Chakras, the show where we dive deep into the ancient world to uncover nuggets of wisdom that will help you find more meaning in your life. So, if you have burning questions about how to heal in every way possible, then you are listening to the right podcast. And if this is the first time you're tuning in, then I've got a welcome gift for you. It is the My Seven Chakras reading list. To download it, go to my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. That's my7chakras.com forward slash reading list. You see, after each episode, our guests share one book recommendation. And I know that many of you listen to our show while you're traveling or uh, on your way to work. So to make your job a bit easier, I've put together a document containing 21 of the must-read books that have been shared on our show. The link Again, that you need is my7chakras.com forward slash reading list so that you can get access to all these amazing books that have been shared on the show so far. And with that, it's time to welcome our special guest for today. In fact, a repeat guest, Richard Gordon. So, Richard, are you ready to inspire? Ajita, I am indeed. Wonderful. So, Richard Gordon is the author and founder of Quantum Touch. He has been in the field of energy healing for over 40 years. His four best-selling books are in 17 languages with certified practitioners of his work in over 50 countries. Researchers are continuing to publish studies based on his discoveries that keep going on and on. While attending Cristo School of Natural Healing in Taos, New Mexico in the 70s, Richard discovered the power of working with energies and hands-on healing. This work led to a wide range of further discoveries as Richard began to explore all the energies around his hands. He eventually met an inspiring healer named Bob Rasmussen who had an extraordinary ability to heal people's bodies with his hands. Richard began apprenticing with him and this is how his work was born. Richard founded Quantum Touch organization more than 16 years ago. The organization currently has more than 1,400 certified practitioners in over 50 countries around the globe. Their vision and mission is to help improve the health and quality of life for many people using simple, easy-to-learn energy healing techniques. Action Tribe, this is the second time that Richard is appearing on the show. The first time he appeared was more than 100 episodes back on episode 130. On today's session, we're going to dive a bit deeper into this fascinating modality. So if you want to get started with the first episode, then go to my7chakras.com forward slash 130. That's our website, my7chakras.com forward slash 130. But if you have already gone through his first session, then you are ready to go deeper and let's move on. So Richard, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you too. It's so wonderful to be here. Absolutely. And I believe your birthday was a couple of days back? Uh, it was yesterday. Oh, then happy birthday, happy belated birthday to you as well. Well, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, thanks a lot for joining me. And as you might know, we always begin each and every show with some inspiration. So what is your favorite 
inspirational quote that you'd like to share with us today and how does that apply well, this, in your life oh well this one is uh, by Nelson Mandela okay and he says it's all it always seems impossible until it's done and i think that's quite apropos to the discussion we have today wonderful wonderful thanks a lot for sharing action drive listen to this quote because it's a very powerful quote and keep this quote in mind as we learn and discover and listen to the stories today because it always seems impossible until it's done right so keep your ears mind everything open because you're going to be fascinated by some of the things that we're going to talk about today uh, so richard let's start with this what exactly is quantum touch quantum touch is a form of energy healing that allows ordinary people to immediately start to do extraordinary healing work and it's work it isn't like we're just waiting for energy we learn how to bring it beautiful beautiful so thanks a lot for sharing now uh, you know right before we go into the details of what quantum touch is all about for someone listening to the show right now someone who may or may not have heard about quantum touch could you br- briefly describe the opportunity that energy healing represents for humanity as we stand today well it's so much bigger than just the healing Uh-huh. We're actually talking an entire shift of belief systems and paradigms. The whole world today is operating from the assumption that the only, well, this is all the academics, I should say, mm-hmm. are operating from an assumption that the only things that are real can be weighed, measured, or put into a formula. And what I'm showing is the impact and power of human love and intention. It's beyond mechanistic models of reality. And so yes, we're seeing wide-ranging results of accelerated healing and bringing down inflammation and things like that. And we've even got some research that got done recently. But what's way beyond that is realizing who and what we are and new human abilities that we're discovering and a whole set of new potentials that I just uncovered in my latest book. Got it. So, uh, you know, just for us to understand now uh, the last three books which is Quantum Touch 1, Quantum Touch 2, The New Human and The Secret Nature of Matter. Could you talk to us about how these books are different from one another? Yeah, the my first book was called Your Healing Hands and it outlined a very powerful method for people to learn how to use energy healing. Okay. And then I met this guy that you mentioned, Robert Rasmussen. and he showed me a way to do energy healing i would not have believed before i saw him he was moving awareness through his body and linking that awareness with his breathing and by doing so he was able to just touch my girlfriend and i could see uh, her scoliosis straightening out before my eyes i mm. i couldn't believe what i was looking at it was like a hot knife through butter realigning her structure and the quantum touch power to heal book outlines essentially what he was doing and takes it much further. We have many things that we can do now that Bob wasn't really talking about or demonstrating. And then years and years later, I discovered that I could work two or three times faster without even touching people. And that led to my third book, Quantum Touch 2.0, The New Human. and outlined a series of what we'll call new human abilities such as working on multiple conditions simultaneously or multiple people simultaneously or even sharing our gifts with one another so that was a major breakthrough and a lot of people are taking the advanced quantum touch class the level 2 class and then many years after that 
and I think we should wait a minute before we get into it, is what I call the secret nature of matter, because I would not have believed that just two years ago, and I made many discoveries in that arena that we can talk about as another subject. Wonderful. So I love the phrase that you used, healing like a hot knife through butter. And I'm sure many of our listeners would want to learn this powerful technique, which seems, uh, you know, simple. Uh, you know, it's not like some of the esoteric or abstract forms of healing that people have heard about, which is difficult to learn. But, uh, you know, uh, I've heard many people just taking a course or doing the workshop or reading the book and being able to heal people uh, right away. So... Yeah, and I guess you did that too now. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I you know, uh, Action Tribe, I can't tell you how amazing these techniques are. Um, you, you know, just being able to notice somebody. In fact, uh, a couple of weeks back, I noticed that uh, somebody that I know was having some chest pain. And this was a wonderful way for me to try it out. Uh, you know, uh, the fact that they have, was having chest pain, they just, uh, uh, you know, expressed it to me. And I said, what if I try out some healing work on this person? So I asked the person, uh, you know, uh, uh, what is the level of pain on a scale of 1 to 10? And I told them about uh, energy healing and quantum touch. And I said that this is not a perfect science. So it might take, it might be immediate. Or it might be a couple of hours. Or it might be a couple of days. But let's see if we can do something about it. The person's uh, pain was about 6. And within a, in a, in a matter of uh, minutes, I was able to reduce it to a 2. The person looked at me and asked me, am I doing some magic, you know, or if I'm doing something uh, crazy because... Uh, you know, the pain really reduced for them. And the next question they asked me was, you know, what if it returns? You know, can you send some healing energy for me maybe a week down the line and things like that? So, uh, you know, that is just one one story. But it's just fascinating to note, uh, you know, how powerful it is and how effective it is, this type of work. So thanks a lot for sharing. Yeah, thank you. And it strikes everybody that way. They can hardly believe how effective and fast it tends to work on a wide range of conditions absolutely so just uh, you know uh, starting from the basics could you talk to us about what is a full body sweep what exactly is that yeah yeah in order to start moving that life force energy that's been called chi or ki or prana which is what essentially we're doing to okay. stimulate the body self-healing mechanism what we're doing is we're feeling each part of our body sub, uh, one after another in order to move this awareness through ourselves in waves. And so that's the first part of the workshop is training ourselves how to feel our body without touching it. And then we learn how to link those sensations, those internally generated sensations with our breathing. Mm. And once you've done that and you're using your intention and your love, you're able to start doing some remarkable healing sessions. And the general principle is that when two things vibrate at different frequencies, mm -hmm. the practitioner raises their own vibration and brings the other person up to match it. They call that resonance and entrainment. Either mm -hmm. the higher frequency will match the low one, the low one matches the high one, or they meet in the middle. The practitioner, because they're constantly working, they're not just waiting for some energy to happen to them. Yeah. Because they're always working, they're always raising their vibration. So they never feel tired or drained mm -hmm. at the end of a session. They always feel energized from having done the work. And, and so that, that's how we do it. We provide extra, an extra field of energy that the other person utilizes for their own self-healing. It's a 
a big misunderstanding to think that we heal other people. We mm. don't actually do it in a, in a way most people think of. What we're essentially doing is holding a field of vibration that the other person is then utilizing to stimulate their own self-healing mechanism. Wonderful. I love that you that you share that in the book. And I'm beginning to sort of... Uh, Use that in my common, uh, you know, you know, you know, terminology as well, uh, which is the fact that the person who receives the healing is the healer themselves, because our body has an innate ability to heal. All the practitioner is doing is holding that resonant field, that blueprint, so that the body can remember it and start healing once again. Uh, but thanks a lot for sharing that, uh, Richard. The fact Thank that you. we're yeah. feeling each part of our body—that's step one, one after the another—to move this energy in waves, and then. Three things, Richard, which come to my mind is breathing, body awareness, and visualization. Could you talk to us about the importance of these three factors when using quantum touch? Well, using the breathing and body awareness is the most fundamental part of the work. Okay. And it's not just breathing and body awareness, but we're linking them together. So it's all part of the same thing. So okay. the breathing and body awareness work in sync with each other. Mm-hmm. and. And then, by pl- we've got a very complicated technique. We, we call it the where does it hurt technique. And what you, okay. that means is you sandwich your hands over the part of the person that's experiencing the suffering. And obviously, you already had the intent to help them or you wouldn't have put your hands there in the first place. Got it. So we're automatically bringing our intention into play. Got it, got it. Uh, now, Richard, in Quantum Touch 1, method we bring the energy or chi all the way up our legs across the body to the top of our head and then down our hands through the palms creating a quantum energy field right a field that is used by the person who needs healing but my question is why do we bring the energy up to our crown Uh, has anyone asked you this what's the significance yes yes and it's a very good question that i don't ask very often but it's a very good question and the answer is when you bring it up through all your entire body, you're activating all your chakras. Oh, okay. And you're grounding your own your own body so you're not as likely to pick up um, energy from the other person because you're now the dominant vibration. Mm-hmm. And you've stimulated all seven of your primary chakras. Okay. Therefore, you've really raised your vibration higher and higher. There's a physician, Dr. Jerry Pittman, who wrote in its elegance, Quantum touch first provides healing energy for the practitioner. Wow. And a lot of people have noticed that they feel a lot better after doing a session. They'll feel more awake, more alive, and much stronger. And a lot of people have had their symptoms disappear just from giving sessions. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree with this because I have uh, spoken to other healers who you know, practice other modalities. And what they say is after a healing work or after you know working with two, three clients, they usually feel tired. But what I've noticed is when I try out quantum uh, touch healing and when I'm uh, trying it on my relatives or maybe friends and family, I in fact feel much more resonant. Uh, I feel much more energetic and this feeling is amazing because you can do much more work. So this is definitely something that I can verify from my own experiences as well. Yes, yes. It's 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 one of the side benefits of the work. There's so many of them, but one of them is that 
the practitioner feels better at the end of the session. Got it. Now, Richard, since you mentioned and you spoke about the importance of breathing, I wanted to go a bit deeper. And maybe this question is something that other quantum practitioners might uh, have as well. While doing the healing work, is it better to breathe out the air from the mouth while imagining chi coming from the hands? Or is it better to only focus on the chi coming out of the hands and breathing out through the nose maybe? What type of breathing helps strengthen the healing process? It's really important that you breathe out through the mouth or the nose. Okay, either way. Either one. It doesn't really matter. And so just don't do it both at the same time because it'll sound strange. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay, got it. Uh, Now, I also wanted to address the alignment part of it because one thing that practitioners do uh, within quantum touch is measuring the hips and the occipital ridge, which is the place on the bottom back part of the skull. Uh, So could you talk to us about why is this measurement done and how is this related to our overall health and well-being? Okay, well, that's an interesting question. Um, Essentially, one of the really fascinating attributes or effects of quantum touch okay. is the ability to cause spontaneous postural alignment. And in my new book, I call that SPA, spontaneous okay. postural aligning. And it's, it's one of the things that seems absolutely impossible about the work. In yeah. other words, when you're standing up and your hips are twisted, they call that pelvic torsion. And in about 85 or 90% of the people, the person's right hip will be high in the back and the left hip will appear high in the front. So if you're putting your hand on top of the bone and feeling the bone run under your finger, you'd notice your right hand was high with your measuring them from the back or the front. And this can affect posture, can affect hip pain, back pain. The occiput is the base of the cranial bone. And according to... Gray's anatomy, by the time you're an adult, it's fused together and it can't move. Mm-hmm. And according to a website called uh, Science-Based Medicine, they say cranial adjustments are tooth fairy science because they don't exist, mm-hmm. except that they do exist, and we can demonstrate it all day long to people who are willing to look. And what happens is, it was one of the things that I saw, it was actually the first thing that I saw the very first when Bob Rasmussen was demonstrating was he aligned the occiput in the hips of my girlfriend and I couldn't believe my eyes because she was Mm -hmm. so far out of alignment and she went back immediately. But then in my level two book, Quantum Touch, The New Human, I discovered that I could align these structures without even touching people. I could just meditate for 10 seconds and cause that spontaneous alignment to occur. And in my fourth book that just came out recently, The Secret yep. Nature of Matter, and we'll dive into this more later, I discovered that I could put the same energy intention that I do into the person into any kind of physical object, glass, rubber, paper, uh, pebble, water, you name it, everything. And if I just touch a person with that object, it will cause that alignment to occur spontaneously, both of them simultaneously. That's, that's really fascinating. And the fact that you're doing this wonderful research and sharing it with people all over the world, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's just wonder, wonderful to be on that quest or on that journey along with you. Now, what you talk about in your second book, Quantum Touch 1, The Power to Heal is powerful. It's amazing. But in Quantum Touch 2, like you shared, you found that you don't have to use hands. Your healing can work, in fact, two to three times faster than if you use your hand. So firstly, how did you make this amazing discovery? Well, what happened was I was having dinner with some friends 
and my friend Brian was talking to this young woman who was a up-and-coming starlet and he said oh show Misha how you can adjust her yeah. her hips with light touch so she said oh I'd love to have my hips adjusted so she stands up and I measure her and I'm very clear that she's very high on one side yeah and so I just lifted my hands off her hips and I was just about to uh, put them back again and my friend Brian said to me you know Richard I bet you can do that without touching. And I said, really? Mm. He said, yeah, try it. And I don't know why, but I already knew how to do it. And as soon as I meditated to make it happen, it happened instantly. And I had to check it a thousand more times to make sure I wasn't fooling myself and then yeah. teach thousands of other people to do it. And now I'm absolutely certain that it works. So, you know, it's just a part of the process now. And I've taken it so many steps beyond that. But it really astounded me. And in that book, Quantum Touch 2.0, I, th I threw it to very far back in the book, like something like chapter 17. Mm -hmm. I have a chapter called Visible Magic, yeah. meaning that you can align a person instantly or within seconds, and they can actually see it themselves. It's it's fascinating wonderful wonderful in fact i was reading that particular chapter this morning you know it's my morning routine these days maybe on a saturday to just go to a coffee shop have a coffee relax and read a wonderful book and i was reading that particular chapter today and it's 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 fabulous uh, but let's talk for a minute about distant healing distance healing and quantum touch uh, i've tried the techniques yes. to heal someone across the world in philippines and i'm in vancouver uh, so the person uh, was experiencing pain in the upper arm uh, sorry, in the arm and the upper abdomen, as well as a mild headache. But after about 10 minutes, I was able to reduce the pain. I won't say I was able to. I just held the <laughs> held the uh, field and the person was able to reduce the pain from a 7 to a 1. And now I still need to have more experience with distant healing and to sort of figure out what are the different types of issues that uh, can be healed. But in your experience, how does distant healing work and how is it really possible? Because if you think about it, it sort of goes against common logic, right? Because logic okay, tells us okay. that in order to affect another person or even to heal, the person has to be close to you for the energy to have an effect. But this goes against it. So how does it work in this case? How does distance healing work? Well, this really goes to the heart of the problem of the idea of materialism and reality. As I said earlier, the materialists think the only things that are real can be weighed or measured or put into a formula. And as soon as you start demonstrating that distant healing works, that objects can hold energy and intention, you can no longer see the world as a purely materialistic function. And everything points to the awareness that we are actually spiritual beings and I have I think in my new book maybe 15 or 20 arguments you can't prove it but yeah. you can say hey here's 15 or 20 indicators and all the indicators point to this one spot and the spot is that what we call reality is actually an illusion but it's not a hologram create a simulation created by future aliens or future people or something sure it's that we live in a spiritual reality, and the closest description of that comes from Vedanta in India, who mm. described this as maya, as illusion. And when you realize 
that the only thing that's real in this plane of reality, our bodies are part of the illusion, the thing that's real is our love. And our love is not diminished by time or space. You can love a person no matter how far away they are from you or even how far many years they are from you. It doesn't diminish love. Mm -hmm. A lot of materialists in the spiritual movement think that the aura or your energy is somehow electromagnetic in nature. And if it's electromagnetic in nature... You know, it's the electromagnetic field coming off your heart chakra and it's coming off so many feet off your body. Well, that would mean that it would fall off in distance. So if you're touching somebody, you're like a thousand times stronger electromagnetic field than if you're 50 feet away from them. Yeah. But, but the truth is your, your love does not fall off with distance at all. And the effect mm-hmm. of your love doesn't fall off. And they could be on, the, on a distant planet and you could still love them and Give them energy just as profoundly as if they were sitting next to you. This this is amazing. And uh, thanks for clarifying that it is not uh, electromagnetic energy because the truth is that technically if you send electromagnetic energy uh, you know, across space, then at some point it will diminish, right? That's the whole concept of the blue shift and why we see the stars are twinkling because it loses the intensity over a period of uh, distance. But this is different. Now, Richard, my, I'm curious, what does the scientific community have to say about quantum touch or maybe the traditional medical community? What do they have to say about this amazing technique? Well, I think it can be best summed up by Gandhi. Mm-hmm. And Gandhi said, first they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they fight you, then you win. We're still in the ignore stage. And so we're just being ignored. And that's the, the best route for them to take if they don't want to see this, is just to ignore it. We just had a study published mm-hmm. of people with high levels of pain. Most of the people were suffering from various forms of arthritis, fibromyalgia, or had been in major accidents, and, and all of them had very high levels of pain. There were 41 people in the study with 50 pain conditions, and a single quantum touch session given by random practitioners around the world provided a 67.4% reduction of their pain. And that is on par with with a prescription narcotic. And, of course, there's no side effects, and there's there's no downside to it whatsoever, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. And, in fact, your family members could be giving you sessions every day, and it wouldn't cost anything. So Mm -hmm. it's an inexpensive way. But right now, we're not being challenged by scientists. We're actively being ignored. In fact, I tried to get in to become a speaker at the uh, Science of Consciousness conference last year, and I was denied. Of course, you know what I was going to do? I was going to bring about 20 to 25 people on stage, Mm -hmm. and then I was going to untwist all their posture simultaneously and prove that the mind is not confined to the brain, that energy healing is real, Everything can be described through math and physics, and that modern medicine is not the only modality. But they didn't mm-hmm. want to see it yet because it would kind of blow apart the materialistic philosophy that most of the brain scientists operate from. They're trying yeah. to figure it out as if the brain was a machine, instead mm-hmm. of seeing the brain as more like a radio that provides uh, signals and receives signals. They're seeing it as the computer rather than the radio 
Got it. Now, I mean, what you're doing really reminds me of the time when, you know, uh, I, I don't remember who it was, but somebody says that, you know, the planets are not really being, uh, not, you know, revolving around the Earth. The Earth is, in fact, rotating, uh, revolving around the sun. And the time when, you know, they sort of discovered electricity, the automatic response of humans is to say, you know, that's not possible. And they sort of ignore it, like what is happening right now. But the truth always emerges. And what I like what about what you teach is, you teach a form of empirical based spirituality, right? I mean, there's a lot of proofs yes. before and after, you know, bones are, bones are, bones are shifted. People are feeling fine. Once again, babies also, these case studies and stories that I've heard about babies seeing a difference or, you know, babies being healed is so fascinating, uh, uh, you know, that it, that it allows people from different belief systems or religions or, you know, uh, groups to, be attracted to this because it's it's not no dogma it's all empirical and it's all based on experiments and practice so love that uh, uh richard could you talk to me or maybe could you tell me your definition of consciousness because this is a term that everyone you know talks about but you know i just wanted to know what is your definition of consciousness well i've never tried to define it okay because i see consciousness as the great mystery Consciousness is the great mystery because I personally believe that consciousness pervades everything in the universe. And the philosophers, the philosophical viewpoint that most closely mirrors my own is called panpsychism, meaning that all matter holds consciousness. Mm. And this is all, all the experiments, the 57 experiments that I wrote ran in my latest book, all point to the idea that it is the primary element of our being is consciousness. And it's not a after effect um, of brain activity. It is what infuses matter. It's all spirituality. It's mm -hmm. all it's all consciousness. And so it leads me to believe that all matter is made of what I'll roughly call subatomic God stuff. It's all wow. made of God stuff. And, and consciousness is the fundamental quality of being, of, of existence. And because it's the fundamental element, it precedes matter itself. And it is the great mystery. But if I was to say what consciousness actually is, I'll say it's God. Thanks. Thanks a lot for sharing. And of course, your book, The Secret Nature of Matter, uh, you know, where it's usually said where you bring attention, that's where the energy goes and that consciousness affects matter. And you have a way of demonstrating that it's true, right? So could you talk to us about any of the findings or any of the experiments you did within this book? You, you say there are about 57 of them. Yes. It started on Thanksgiving two years ago. Okay. And we were just having a really nice dinner party with a bunch of people. And my friend Daniel, who it turned out I met him long after he had already become a quantum touch practitioner. And a friend introduced us. I didn't know. And okay. he's, he made a discovery. And he, after dinner, he shared with me his little discovery. And I poo-pooed it. He said, he said, I discovered that if you make a movie of yourself, doing a healing session that yeah. people watching the movie will experience healing. I said, oh, I can't believe that. That sounds crazy. He said, try it. So how are you going to test it? Like if people have a headache or heart palpitations, where do you 
how do you test something like that and be able to get an absolute yes or no answer very quickly? And then it occurred to me that spontaneous postural alignment, SPA. So what I did was I made a movie, a little selfie movie on my phone of me aligning somebody. And when I showed people the movie, it caused them to spontaneously align. And I go, no way. It worked. (laughs) And then... I thought, well, what happens if I just take a screenshot of that movie? Will that work? Yep, that worked too. Well, what if I take a screenshot and bring it into Photoshop and take out all the color and reduce it in size and print it on my printer? Will that work? Yep, that worked. Oh, my God. Well, then I was sitting having a cup of coffee one day, and I had, it was a kind of cold day, and I was wearing wearing the same sweater I had played golf in that morning. And I just happened to reach in the pocket, and there was a golf tee in my pocket. And I always like to try crazy ideas. And I reached in my pocket, and there's a golf tee. And I thought, what would happen if I meditate on this golf tee to give it the energy intention of aligning somebody? Mm-hmm. And there's a bone behind the nose and eyes that we focus on called the sphenoid bone. And I put the energy and awareness of aligning the sphenoid bone into the golf tee and then I handed the golf tee to somebody and it caused them to instantly align and I was blown away. Well, of course, I had to test it hundreds of times and then I tested it with every kind of material. Does it work with glass? Does it work with paper? Does it work with plastic? Does it work with water? Does it work with a pebble? Does it work with everything I could think of? I tried them out And they all worked. And by the time I did this, I realized I was coming up with a lot of ideas for experiments. And I started keeping a journal of everything I had done up to that point and kept the journal until I finished doing the experiments that I could do myself. And they totaled 57 experiments. And along the way, I saw things happen that amazed, shocked, disturbed me, delighted me. I, it was an amazing journey to find out that I could learn about, and this is the title of my book, The Secret Nature of Matter, by doing these simple experiments that other people can do. And a number of people have now done these experiments themselves and gotten the same results. These are repeatable, simple experiments that don't cost anything. And I listed out how you do all these experiments in my new book and give you the complete training to do it. But the implications are what's most exciting because Mm -hmm. aligning people isn't very interesting. In fact, at the beginning of one of my chapters, I wrote, it isn't important, but it changes everything. Who cares if somebody's hips are aligned? Who cares if Venus has phases like the moon? Except that if Venus has phases like the moon, it shows that the Earth goes around the sun. And if you can align somebody's hips by handing them a golf tee, It shows that the mind is not confined to the brain. It shows in all likelihood that we are really spiritual beings and have forgotten who and what we really are and our true power. So there you go, Action Tribe. The book you need is The Secret Nature of Matter. Yeah, that's my latest book. It just came out. And whenever I think about what's in that book, I am astounded that I actually could write this book. I, I'm dumbfounded, amazed, or my English friends say gobsmacked, that this was even possible. I, 
I would not have believed what's in this book two years ago, but now I'm thoroughly convinced. So, for example, I was just finishing up the book when I went to uh, the University of Hong Kong and Macau, and I did demonstrations there. And a few years before that, I was there giving a lecture, and I aligned 25 people on stage simultaneously by meditating. And I did the meditation out loud. I said, okay, I'm going to join everybody together in my mind, and now I'm going to imagine everybody is one single person, an iconic person, then I'm going to put my awareness on this phenoid bone, and then I'm going to give it a little turn. And I did that, and everybody got aligned. This last time, I had it down to something a little more elegant. What I did was I had all the people on stage hold hands. Mm -hmm. So just a long line of people all touching each other. And then I took a coin out of my pocket that I had previously meditated on for about five or six seconds, and I just very lightly and quickly brushed the coin across a woman's hair, just a few hairs, just touched it lightly. like that just flicked it across a couple hairs and all the people on stage were spontaneously aligned at once that's amazing that's really powerful actually uh that you're able to demonstrate that and uh you know because this proves that the consciousness or your intention was transmitted onto the coin right yes it was transmitted and people i discovered something i call conscious entanglement and this was one of the big mind blowers for me in my new book what happened was I was I had run through a whole series of experiments to see what is the limit of this? When will it yeah. fail? When does it succeed? So I, I would try to erase the information from an object. So, for instance, I take a penny and put awareness into it, and then it worked, and then a month later it still works, and it doesn't ever seem to lose the information. So what can I do to get the information out of the penny? That was the question. So I tried baking it in the oven. That didn't help. Okay. Then I tried, um, you know, holding it over a fire, did nothing, and then I boiled it in water, and that did nothing to it, and and then I tried smashing it with a hammer until there was nothing left of the penny, and it still worked, Mm -hmm. and I I kept trying to see how I can get, and I I tried lots of experiments where I'd I'd use sage, or I'd meditate on the the coin, or the object, and, and try to put a different program into it, and I couldn't erase the program. Finally, I figured out how to erase the program. And what I did was I boiled water, and the boiled water still worked, even after it cooled down. But the water that had evaporated on the lid of the pot did not hold the energy information. Once it evaporated, it's like it erased the information. Then the water that went from water to ice lost the information. But the water that went from ice to water did – the ice to water did still hold the information. So – This led me to do a really amazing experiment where there was a woman in a cafe and there was a long table and her back was to the table because I didn't want her observing what I was doing because that could interfere with the experiment. So I laid, uh, I put 15 pennies on the table about three to four inches apart, wasn't really trying to measure and I only meditated on the penny that was right behind her that was penny number one and there was this long line of pennies like four feet away going down the table and then I measured her again to make sure I hadn't accidentally aligned her and I had not so then I handed her penny number 15 which was almost four feet away Mm -hmm. and as soon as she held the coin she was aligned and I got really upset 
and I thought, why is this happening? It's not supposed to yeah. work this way. And I didn't, I didn't want it to happen because I, I thought only the penny that was, you know, right behind her was charged. So I thought, how did the energy get to all the other pennies? And my first thought, my first hypothesis was that it would be like water, I mean, like fire and gasoline, that it just spreads. But then if that was true, then all the, um, then the whole table would be charged. Yeah. The walls, the floors, the ceiling, everybody in the coffee shop, and then the whole world would be charged. And that obviously hadn't happened. That So then I came up with a different theory. And this one I titled Conscious Entanglement. So I tested it the next day. And I was at a Conscious Life Expo, and there were these two women who had their hips very twisted. So I borrowed a handful of change because I didn't want to use any of my own money because I had meditated on it a lot, and I was afraid that I, I had already programmed it. So I held it in my hand, and I just stared at it. I see all the coins in my hand. They're all here. I see them all. And that was the extent of my thought. I, I just included them all in my consciousness. Then I put them on a table, handed each of the women one and a quarters, and took a coin out of my pocket that I had previously meditated on. And I just tapped one of the coins on the table. Mm-hmm. Well, the other two women are holding one of the coins, and they were instantly untwisted, just like that. Oh. They became instantly aligned. I got really excited. And then I tested it the next day, trying to do the reverse. And the reverse experiment is, I met a woman in a cafe, she puts her change on a table, picks up one of the coins, but she's not paying attention to the coins on the table, it's just, these are her, this is her change, she doesn't care. And she's holding one of the coins in her hand, I tap the coin on the table, nothing happens to her. She's not aligned, because there was no entanglement. And then I had to test it many different ways, have lots of people doing it, checking to make sure that everybody was successful and and that was these were a few of the 57 experiments that I conducted to understand how there is an intersection of matter and consciousness wonderful thanks a lot for sharing that and I'm sure that many of our listeners would actually want to get to know uh, the other experiments by actually getting the book and reading it and learning and, and you know really being amazed by the experiments that you've conducted uh, so thanks a lot for sharing that Richard uh, we're now going to transition to some questions from our listeners Action Tribe questions that they have about energy healing sure. is that alright? yeah of course awesome So the first question, Richard, is uh, by three people, actually. They, are, they ask similar questions, uh, uh, Jessica, Alicia, and Tiffany. And they say, beside the person being healed, actually saying it, how can I really tell if I'm healing someone and if the healing is working? Yeah, it's very interesting. But when you learn to use the breathing and body awareness technique, what you'll find out is that you'll have different, an array of sensations in your hands. And your hands may vibrate, they tingle, they get stronger, they get weaker, they change, they get hot, they do all all kinds of things. And you can actually feel in your hands how much healing energy seems to be moving across from you to the other person. So, for instance, if it takes a really long time before your hands start to vibrate a lot during the session, you can usually anticipate that they've had a chronic condition. But if your hands light up right away, it means they're just probably receiving it immediately. When your hands get to the maximum level of tingling and vibrating, 
that means that their energy has reached a maximum point. And when it starts coming down a bit, that suggests that they've already peaked out in the maximum amount of energy that they can receive. Got it. Love that response. Uh, Richard, the next question is from Trisha. And Trisha has a more uh, a question related to physics. She says, what is vibrating? I understand resonance from physics class, but what in yes. our body is attuning and attuning to what? Yeah, you have to understand that we're not talking about physics now mm-hmm. because we're talking about the life force energy. And the life force energy is that signal that that generates well maybe not a signal but it's that animating current of life that differentiates something living from something non-living and it is not a physical energy and it will not be measured with modern scientific equipment and we have a companion sensation in our hands but that isn't the energy itself that's just what we feel when we're doing the work so it's it may be a misnomer to say that we're it's resonance and entrainment, but I think it actually works that way. But mm-hmm. it's an energetic resonance and entrainment, not a physical resonance and entrainment. So from a physics point of view, what I'm saying and doing has to look impossible and make no sense. But from a metaphysical point of view, something is really happening here that can be measured physically, but the mechanism will not be measured physically. So the project I'm working on now is a documentary. We're going to call it the Galileo Project. The idea being, what would happen if you had visible, teachable, paradigm-changing information? Who could you talk to? And would they be willing to get past their own cognitive dissonance to look through an unfamiliar telescope, so to speak? And one of the things we're doing to make the case that this is actually true is we're going to get 3D photographs of the back of people's heads. We're looking for bald people who have a significant misalignment of the cranial bones. And by comparing the before and after uh, 3D images and looking at the topography of the head, we'll show something that is widely considered physiologically impossible, and yet it happens all the time. And this will be you know, my solid empirical proof that we're actually doing something that could not be done under normal circumstances because the, the pictures will be taken seconds apart while the person has their face in a in a face cradle so that they're not moving their head at all. Sure. And most of the pictures, and I've done this once before, and what you see is where nothing has changed, you get a light blue color. And most of the entire picture is light blue because the person isn't moving. But where the bones actually move, it lights up as these red-orange spots. And to see the cranial bones actually moving is dramatic. So from a physics point of view, what I'm saying probably has to seem crazy because there is nothing vibrating that can be measured as a physical vibration. But it is happening, and it is measurable. So the effect is measurable, but the mechanism is not not measurable and that's going to drive people crazy got it thanks a lot for that uh, richard robin one of our listeners asks how do i constantly stay in tune with spirit how do i let spirit take over and let my mind and ego take on a helping role as opposed to running everything all the time any advice on that front okay so let's let's look at this the ego the negative ego 
ego, not the positive ego. The positive ego is just a witness. The Mm -hmm. negative ego wants to feel self-pity and self-importance. Poor me, I'm so important and I'm not being appreciated. I don't know if that sounds like anybody in politics these days. But Mm -hmm. the self-pity and the self-importance are the hallmark of negative ego. So it's not about mind causing problems. It's about the self-pity and self-importance taking over your storyline. So what you need Mm -hmm. to do is shift it and move into love and gratitude. If you're simply operating from gratitude and love, you don't have to worry about the mind stuff. All you have to do is shift your awareness into feeling the gratitude and the love and stop the vibration or the energy or the thoughts of self-pity, poor me, and the self-importance, I'm so important, poor me, I'm so important, and I'm just not being appreciated good enough. That's the essence of the negative ego. So don't worry about it. Just shift your energy. Love and gratitude. Love that. Thanks yeah, a lot for it. sharing. Uh, so Richard, uh, Veena has a question that is uh, more on a global scale. How is it possible to heal the pain and suffering that so many people are going through in this world? You know, Not just healing on a one-to-one basis, but is it really hypothetically possible to heal many, You know, an entire group of people who are going through pain or suffering in this world, for example? The the most important thing is to heal yourself, and then you can be a light that shines. So Mm -hmm. so if you're you're in poverty, you can't feed other people. You need to get rid of your own poverty first before you can really help others effectively. And so the best way to do that is to be an inspiration to yourself so that you can then provide extra energy, information, inspiration to other people. So feed yourself first to be full, and then you can really take care of others. If your priority is truly compassion, then you can use things like quantum touch to touch thousands and thousands of other people and help them relieve their suffering. And there are people who do group meditations with quantum touch where they take entire groups of people and they include them and run energy it isn't just i'm going to meditate and hope something good happens you're actually Mm -hmm. sending the energy and having Mm -hmm. uh, an impact wow that would be an amazing thing to see perceive you know like on a large scale you have maybe thousands of quantum touch practitioners sending energy to a particular spot or a place that needs healing that would be wonderful (laughs) yeah you know it's interesting but I'm finally articulating what I'll call one of my life goals. It's finally come to me. And in this life goal, what I've decided I want to do in this lifetime is in my life, I want to see my work researched at every major university in the world. I want to see it practiced in every hospital. And I'd like to see it taught in every elementary school. Okay. if it's a big goal but Mm. i really feel that this is something that can be done and right now we're very far away from it but i plan to live a long time so (laughs) this is my my intention and along the way to shift the dominant belief system so that the world really begins to get it that we're living in a spiritual reality and as such accumulation of stuff is not our priority domination and control is not our priority it's love and compassion is the priority of life here if we had 
compassion is our top priority, there could never be a starving child on earth. It's an impossibility if it was our priority. But people have accumulation of stuff as their priority, and it never brings deep satisfaction because there's no joy in stuff. There's joy in love. Got it. Thanks a lot for sharing, Richard. Those were actually some of the questions that our listeners wanted to ask. Uh, but my question is, in the context of quantum healing, what are healing apps? Because this is an idea and a concept that I really loved, but I want our listeners to get to know as well, what exactly are healing apps? A sigil or an icon. Yeah. What we found was that this is before I did my research on the secret nature of matter, Yeah. that I discovered that you can create a unique icon that has a mean that works for you. And by running energy into the icon, you can do whatever the message is that you want to put into that particular thought or belief system. So, for instance, if I the first time I tried it, I wanted to see if I could align a person, the hips and occiput simultaneously, which I, I had never done. And I made a little symbol on a piece of paper And once I had written it a few times, I could remember it. And then I just visualized it in the air and ran energy through the visualization. And the person I wanted to align was spontaneously aligned. And I remember it distinctly. And that showed me that you can use icons, Mm -hmm. self-created icons, to run energy. And so it's kind of a shorthand or a symbol, the way that uh, um, Chinese, Japanese, Korean language is written in symbols. You can create your own symbols, make them up, run energy into those symbols, and have a direct impact. Got it. So there you go, Action Drive. Healing icons, not apps. Yeah, they're, they're icons, yes. <laughs> so that's introduced in the second book. Uh, but make sure you go through the first book and then go on to the second book because it's, it's, it's sort of building on the foundations. Wonderful books. Uh, uh, Richard, here's an idea that came across my mind a few days back as I was preparing for this interview. Our listeners are people who are spread across space, which is not 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 space outside the earth, but I mean space in different countries, different geographies, people across the world and, and across time as well. A person might listen to this episode right when it's released, a year from now or even five years from now. Yes. Who knows? Right? So even, it's, even if it's for just a few seconds or minutes, is there a way to heal someone listening to this episode right now yeah i can send some energy that you can you can play over and over again to yourself but you can just kind of tap into the vibration so i'm going to imagine all the people who would be listening to this and you can do the same Jita. you can mm-hmm. send your energy along these lines as well so okay. we can do it together so Great. i'm going to imagine all the people in my mind and then i'm going to join them all together so that, that i can send energy to one which represents the entire group All right, there it is. So I've got my imaginary visualization going. Now I'm sending the energy. There it is. There's the energy. Thanks for sharing, Richard. Action Tribe, if you are listening to the show right now, if you are listening to this episode, and if you felt something, then make sure you share it, uh, maybe on social media, uh, using the hashtag My7Chakras, hashtag Quantum Touch, hashtag Action Tribe, 
if you felt something right now then make sure you share it with your friends and family uh, richard thanks a lot for sharing all these fascinating ideas concepts topics and stories with us today it was such a pleasure to connect with you once again oh, uh, please yeah. tell us uh, what next now what does the future hold for quantum touch and for humanity if you could talk to us a bit about that just for our yeah. understanding well i'm working on this documentary called the galileo project and so that's my primary project right now has to show what happens when you're introducing paradigm changing information to a world that's not quite ready to see it in the meantime we're also interested in generating as much research as we can so we're always like trying to do a little fundraising to pay for the next research project and the next research project is going to be these 3D photos which will be mind blowing uh to actually show people that this is this is possible. So that's that's really what's the next step in our process at the moment. And I'm also working on another book with a friend of mine and that'll be on another modality I created called self-created health. But I'd like to leave people with a thought. And if you realize the people who have hurt you the most in your life made you feel like your love wasn't important or not really valuable or that it didn't have impact. And what I would say is that your love really does have impact your love is incredibly valuable and it's the opposite your love is very powerful and has tremendous impact and so the entire message of quantum touch really can be boiled down to the fact that your love has impact got it thanks a lot for sharing uh, action try to access show notes for today's episode visit my7chakras.com forward slash 234 that's my7chakras.com forward slash 234 uh, richard thank you so much for joining us today it was an absolute pleasure to connect with you once again and learn uh, thank you. some more from you i mean the last time we had the interview i was sort of getting to know about quantum touch i was fascinated to learn about quantum touch from you and today we are here you know i've read both the books and i've done the workshop as well and i am you know bringing a new perspective uh into this conversation uh you know a lot of learning uh, obviously from what you've shared uh so who knows what will happen <laughs> during our next interview but before you go tell us one thing that you're grateful for and tell us how we can find you online how are listeners can get to know about yeah. you and your work online. You can find the work at quantumtouch.com and I feel incredibly grateful that I'm now in a position to help shift the dominant belief of the world to realize that we're actually spiritual beings and doing it not from a philosophical point of view or a religious point of view or a the- a theological point of view but from a practical visible tangible teachable point of view a practical way to know that we are actually spiritual beings and that our love has a tangible physical impact wow. so action tribe i hope you enjoyed today's session as much as i have and as we end this episode i'd like to invite you to be an experimenter and a lifelong learner like myself keep learning new ideas testing things out and remaining genuinely curious never underestimate the impact that you have in the world and 
you know from where you are in life you may feel like you are insignificant or that your thoughts or whatever doesn't matter but in reality as we're learning you do matter each one of us plays a role in the grand scheme of things and you must take steps every day to find out what your role is as we're learning today your intention and attention are powerful forces that can heal and transform lives and your heart is not just an organ pumping blood it's way more than that it has the power to radiate energy all across the cosmos in ways that we can't quite understand just yet the bottom line is that you have an infinite supply of love inside of you and it is finally time for you to shine because just like our guest for today richard gordon wrote in his book quantum touch 2.0 your love truly matters it has more impact than you know so richard thank you so much for coming on our show talking to us about the true potential of humans the power of love our intention and our attention and taking us one step closer to a human revolution ha oh, thank you it's my pleasure you are listening to my seven chakras go to my s e v e n chakras.com download your free